George Austin, editor of The Spectator, talks about news stories and issues in Somerset and Swansea. You're listening to The Spectator Podcast. Hey everyone, Mick Collagio here, and are continuing our series of podcasts called From the Newsroom, which emanate from the Standard Times in New Bedford, Massachusetts. We're at Gatehouse Media, and we have affiliated weeklies, some awesome ones, including the Somerset Swansea Spectator. And with me today is the Spectator editor, George Austin. How you doing, George? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for coming aboard. Uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, we got three items we're going to talk about today. One of them, uh, do you ever get those uh, those uh, questions on your cell phone that pop up like, would you like to share information for us to help other people because they noticed that you were at such and such a place? Oh, yeah. I yeah. get that all the time. Okay, okay. <laughs> did, they ask, did they ever ask you, could you tell us more about the cooling towers in Somerset? Yeah, that's that's obviously been a hot topic during the past week because the uh, the company that owns the power plant has taken out permits to demolish the, the plant, it, as including the, the two cooling towers which will probably be quite a sight to see when they when they come down uh given that they're 500 feet tall and uh they're going to be imploded so that it's it's probably going to be very interesting when that happens is it supposed to happen like at the same time uh that i don't know yet they they've they've obtained the permits it says that that's how they're going to take them down. I don't know if it's both at the same time or, or, or one at a time. Or Do we have any idea on a date? Not yet. I, I talked to the building inspector who told me that he doesn't have a date yet, but they will be informing the town be, before they do it so that people people know when those things are coming down. Um, about how old are they? They're actually not very old. They they went up in 2010. Wow, I didn't realize it was that recent. Yeah, it really hasn't been that long. And they paid about $600 million to put those things up, and some, and now they're not going to use them anymore. Who uh, who uh, paid for that besides? Well, that that would have been money? that would have been the previous company, Dominion Energy. Okay. Um, so the the people that own it now didn't um, pay for those. Uh, I mean, it was done originally in order to um, so that they would not heat up the water in, in Mount Hope Bay as much, and, mm-hmm. and so that they wouldn't affect the fish, which is uh, or what the environmentalists mm-hmm. were claiming for a long time that it that it had an impact on the fin fish population, which is like flounder. And, and well, what what so, wound up happening with that? What was what was decided? Why are they not needed anymore? The why did they not need the the cooling towers? Well, right? well, the power plant's closed now, so 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 you don't need. There's no power plant operating there anymore, right. so you you don't need the the cooling towers. And I guess so. The the company that's uh, owns the property now must be going in a different direction as far as what they're going to put there. <laughs> I would say that'll be a different they, direction. They, all right. they, they, there's a lot of talk about um, that being a um, place where they would build parts of wind turbines that would be out on the ocean that that would be where they would assemble parts of it that's that's what some people are, are hoping could go in there or are trying to get to go in there and 
You're listening to From the Newsroom Podcast with Somerset Swansea Spectator Editor George Austin. And I'm your, uh, what shall we call me here? I don't know. I guess I'm just sort of, I'm, I'm your facilitator, your podcast facilitator, Michelagio. So uh, we're talking about the cooling towers, which are going to be imploded, which will be spectacular. I imagine you could sell uh, tickets to watch that. It'll make for a heck of a video. Yeah. Uh, so um, now that we know that that's that they're coming down, are there safety concerns, residual safety concerns after that happens? I, I asked the building inspector if he had any concerns about it, and he says no. He says the company, he says that his quote to me was, they're in good hands over there, I guess, meaning the company that's done it has a good reputation for for doing these types of things. Wow, that's so, a, that really changes the landscape of the of the whole Fall River City. You can see it from Rhode Island when you're coming up from the Tiverton side. You can see it when you're coming down in a plane from Green Airport. Right. You literally can, can see it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. But it's like I said, it's it's been there. It's only been there since 2010. So it, it has been a big part of the landscape since then. Mm-hmm. It, 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 I mean, I remember when they were having the hearings about putting those in, and a lot of the people were, were very concerned because they said, our town's going to look like Three Mile Island now. And well, uh, they, they do resemble those, <laughs> they those <do>. towers. <laughs> uh, so now they're going to be gone. And, and, so, I mean, these, these, uh, they're shaped um, you know, wide at the bottom. And then they they go up, taper up, and a little wider at the top again. And then you have probably, if they're 500 feet high, I'm figuring what's the diameter on those things. Probably like, I don't know, 200 feet or maybe more. Maybe 250. You know, it's hard to tell. Uh, But but, uh, those things are gigantic. And um, that'll obviously take time to clean up after they knock them down. Yeah. So, Wow. Changes are coming. All right, so we're talking with George Austin, the editor of the Somerset Swansea Spectator, and we're going to transition now into sports. And uh, two teams in particular, one from each of the public high schools covered by the Spectator. And uh, so tell us what's going on with that red-hot Somerset Berkeley girls soccer team. Well, they have a 6-1-1 record, which... It's pretty good considering they lost their leading scorer from, from last year, Sam Borges, who's playing for Curry College now. Mm-hmm. And she's doing pretty well there. She, she's continued to score goals in college as just a freshman. Uh, but the, the, it, despite losing her the, to graduation, the, the team is, is still playing really well. They, and this team went to the semifinals of the South region in, in the tournament last year, which was the farthest they had gone in a long time. They, they had had a lot of years where they, they either didn't make the tournament or, or just made it, and it, it was quite a breakthrough last year, and they had a first-year coach. And so I said to her at the beginning of the year this year, you know, <laughs> you, you, you got a tough act to follow for your first year, mm-hmm. and you lost your leading scorer. And her, her comment to me was, well, everybody wants to make the tournament, but we don't plan to take a step back. So they, they yeah. seem like a pretty driven team, and, and uh, they, have, they, they have some veterans 
from last year who are back, but they also have some young players who who are contributing a, a lot to to this winning already. The, they got a freshman, Alyssa Cheatham, who's, who scored a bunch of goals, and a, a sophomore, Brooke Sullivan, who, who was on the varsity last year and scored some last year, but she seems to be stepping up even more this year. It's amazing when a freshman can come into girls' varsity soccer and produce like that because, A, you know, a lot of kids play youth soccer in our region, thousands. And so when somebody has a skill level that can translate into immediate impact, plus they go through so many physical changes at that age, that you're all of a sudden you're running with girls who are like so much stronger than you are if you're the average freshman. You know, so when you get one like that, you say, man, that that uh, that kid's got to be a phenom. Then it's got to be an awfully talented player to be able to to uh, impact a varsity soccer match. Um, you know, it's good competition. Uh, and and if you have young players like that, you know, you're going to be able to keep this uh, winning tradition going. If if you're bringing up younger players like that every year, right, uh, right. That's the that's the key. Yeah. I asked, um, I was talking uh, in the spring um, after Fairhaven won a, a softball tournament game uh, to their coach, and you know, because it seems like there's always another new wave of players who come along. And he asked the coach about it, and he says, This is all them. I'm not yeah. doing this. They're showing up. And so, obviously, deflecting credit, but at the same time, acknowledging the fact that if you have a good feeder system, it really yeah. makes a difference for a high school sports program. Yeah, d- definitely. And it seems like the different high schools have different strengths as, as far as their sports goes. They, every once in a while, one of the other teams will, will do well. But they, there usually seems to be one or two teams that are always good at, at most of these high schools. And, and it really wasn't that way for the, for the girls' soccer team in, in Somerset for a long time. But now it seems like they have a pretty good uh, – foundation to work with yeah so this may this may catch fire and change the landscape there a little bit too yeah okay um so uh, good luck to the uh raiders now going on to across uh, town to swansea and the case football team uh tough win over fairhaven last week but they got it they got the w so uh they're still rolling yeah, they're four now, and and this is uh, the coach will be talking in the paper tomorrow about how this is the second year in a row that they're four and zero, and and unlike last year, they're going to hope to be five and zero after after this coming weekend, and where they're playing against Seekonk, a team which they actually have a, a pretty good rivalry with them. I mean, everybody talks about Case and Somerset because of the Thanksgiving game, um, but. They've had, since Case has gotten a lot stronger in, in the past four or five years or, or so, they've had a lot of good games against Seekonk. And so this this should be another good game this Friday night at Case. I wonder if that's uh, because Seekonk's a, a longtime South Coast Conference member, and therefore they see them in every sport for many years, yeah. rather than Somerset Berkeley is still pretty new to the conference. Yeah, I, I think that's... That's true, but I, I think part of it is that the case w- was down for a long time, and, and they've been much better mm-hmm. over the past four or five years. It is, since Anthony Palladino has, has come in as coach, he seems to have built a winning culture there. That uh, they're they're good every year. I, I I thought that when they lost their big star last year, um, Brendan Costa, that right. they may 
they take a step back, but now they keep they're another team after they lost one of their uh, superstars they still come back and win and that's a good sign for a program like so so neither team has last year's biggest star but we b- may have new breakthroughs yeah. progress playoffs whatever for uh, Somerset Berkeley girls soccer and case uh, high school football yeah all right. Any other dark horses in your coverage area that you're kind of looking at and saying this team might be able to do something come uh, playoff time, tournament time? Uh, well, I mean, they're not a dark horse, but but the Somerset Berkeley field hockey team is, is definitely – they're definitely going to go far. Uh, it's just a matter of how far. They, they added some stronger teams to their regular season schedule this year because I think they want to be more ready for the – for the tournament this year, and they were in the South Final last year. They, I, heard, uh, I heard my alma mater was one they, of them. Yeah, the Lady Porkers, the Walpole. <laughs> they, they, I think it's they, just and, the Porkers. <laughs> you don't have to call them the Lady Porkers because field hockey is the only the only yeah. program at Walpole High that's known as the Porkers, <laughs> yeah. which is a very funny story, uh, and I feel uh, like I need to give the give the thirty second explanation to our listeners, thinking what you called it. You called a girls. Sports team of the Porkers, you know, everyone's fired. No, actually, the story goes back to the 70s or the 60s even, I think, where Walpole used to send a field hockey team to uh, England to participate in a uh, field hockey camp. And it was held on a farm. And apparently the Walpole players had a, developed a reputation for, for playing edgy and a little chippy. And they were apparently, uh, they were stationed, their headquarters, their team was over by the pigs. So, so they were referred to by the other campers as the porkers. I don't know what the nicknames were for the other uh, uh, campers from various locations on this English farm. But anyway, that's the legend. That's the folklore. And, uh, and if you ever picked up a, a copy of the Walpole Times... You would see any Walpole team referenced as the Rebels uh, since, uh, obviously, since the 60s when they, uh, late 60s, when they changed over from being the Hilltoppers like Durfee to the Rebels, uh, except for field hockey, which on the uh, second reference after Walpole High field hockey is the the Porkers. (laughs) And they've been one of the best field hockey programs in the state for a long time. They have. And they beat Somerset Berkeley this year, which. Last year, Somerset Berkeley didn't lose in the regular season, so it's mm-hmm. just the first time in, in over a year that they they lost. But they're hoping that that will make them stronger come playoff time. And they were going to play another game against Cohasset, which is supposed to be another of the stronger teams in the state, and, and for the same reason that they, they want to be ready for the, the state tournament this year. Hey, that's the way to do it. Play yeah. up. Play up and... Uh and and if you turn, and if you overextend yourself, you get the Sullivan rule to help you uh, when it comes to tournament qualification time, because you only have to count the games that you played against teams that are in your own class. Uh, you don't have to if you played up to, if you're a Division three school. Or, actually, I don't know how many brackets there are for field hockey. I can't remember if yeah. it's just one and two or one two three. Probably just two. So if you were two and you played up to one, then you wouldn't have to count the, any losses against Division one teams. Uh, in order to uh, put out your say, here's our record. Did we make it? So, yeah. but I, I always think playing up to better competition makes you better. And I remember when I was at UMass Amherst, and their basketball team was was 
terrible when my first two years there. And then John Calipari comes in and he starts putting these teams on the schedule that they hadn't been playing. But you know, within a few years, he, he had them in the NCAA tournament already. They'll make uh, you or they'll break yeah. you. But yeah. if you're not going to be able to get as good as those other teams, if you don't, if you don't play them. That's right. Yeah. Big fish, small pond, right? All right. He's George Austin. I'm Mick Collagio. You are listening to From the Newsroom at the Standard Times. And we're talking uh, with George about the Somerset Swansea Spectator. You can pick it up at about about 4 million locations in Somerset and Swansea. <laughs> Pretty much any convenience store or stop and shop or uh, anywhere where they have newspapers. Or, or order it, 508-979-4363. Call our local number here and, and get online and read all the great stuff that George and Bill Hall are churning out every week. Yeah, it's, it's easy when you get it right in your mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have to do any walking. That's right. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, we'll uh, revisit the matter as we, get, as we get in closer to the playoffs. We'll come back and visit with you again for sure. You can find our podcasts here at the Standard Times and SouthCoastToday.com. You can find them on Google Play, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find them here. And until next time, uh, Mick and George saying so long and happy reading.